The other real big key is not thinking you have to do everything either. I've surrounded myself with people who are really good at all that stuff that I'm not good at. And that's another really big thing to help you move forward. You're listening to The Life & Money Show, a podcast that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth for their families and impacting the world around them. And now here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Life & Money Money Show. I'm Annie Dickerson here with my co-host Julie Lamb. And today we have a fantastic conversation with you with a real estate investor and coach. Her name is Edna Keep. Edna is such an inspiration. You're going to learn all about her through her story. And not only is she an amazing real estate investor and coach, but she talks so much about mindset. And as all of our listeners know, Julie and I are so big on mindset. It's what has allowed us to grow our business and our portfolios from just a few properties not that long ago to being able to not only have all of these properties in our portfolio, but more than that, to have such an amazing impact on the lives of so many. And so I think that's what it really comes down to is that commitment and that willingness to step outside of your comfort zone, to challenge your limiting beliefs, to change your mindset, and to try things that you've never tried before to get results that you've never had before. And so we talk a lot about that in this conversation with Edna. And you'll learn that Edna, she wasn't born with a silver spoon in her mouth. In fact, she started out, she was a single mom at just age 16. And she really built up to her success bit by bit. She was a financial advisor for a while, and she was really hesitant to get into real estate, in fact, and you'll hear all about that. And then she pushed past that because she learned that success leaves clues. And she saw that there were these wealthy people that were coming into her path that were investing in real estate. And she really wanted, she had this drive to build wealth for her family. And so she started following in their footsteps. And you'll learn that she saw huge success in a very short amount of time. And a big part of that comes down to coaching. And as you all may know, Julie and I are huge proponents of coaching and having a coach. In fact, there hasn't been a single moment that we've had this business that we didn't have a coach. It was one of the first things that we did when we started our business. And we've had more coaches than I can count (laughs) at this point, honestly, for all sorts of different things and all different parts of the business from mindset to marketing, to business strategy and hiring all of that stuff. Because and you'll hear Edna mention this, a coach can see the future version of you that you aren't able to see yet. And how powerful is that? That you may currently have these limiting beliefs or things holding you back and you're not confident that you're going to be able to get down the path to that success that you really want. But by bringing a coach into the picture, that coach can see that future version of you. And not only that, they can see the path for how you can get from where you are to where you are meant to that greatness 
that you are meant for. And so we'll talk a lot about that on this episode. And while it is focused on real estate and multifamily and real estate investing, there's a lot in here that you can take and apply to all parts of your life. But for anybody who is interested in real estate, and maybe you're just at the starting line, maybe you haven't dipped your toes in, or maybe you've already invested in a few rental properties and you're ready to throw in the towel because it's more work than you bargained for, well, we have something for you. Um, That's exactly where Julie and I found ourselves. We had invested in some rental properties um, independently, and it turned out to be a lot more work than we thought it would be. And so that's when we each independently found passive investing through real estate syndications, which are group investments. And so for those of you who are new to the real estate syndication world, we've got a great book for you. Our book is called Investing for Good, and it'll walk you through all the ins and outs of how it works, the risks, the pros and cons, the process, uh, the potential returns, all of it. So to get a copy, Uh, for yourself, just go to goodegginvestments.com slash book. Now with that, let's hop into our conversation with Edna Keep. Edna, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Now, Edna, I know you've seen tremendous success as a real estate investor and coach, but I also know that life wasn't always easy on you. It probably seems like a lifetime ago now, but I know you were a single mom at age 16 living in subsidized housing and with your daughter in subsidized daycare. Now, fast forward to today. Of course, you're a huge success story. You're a multimillionaire real estate entrepreneur and coach with a focus on buy and hold multifamily. Your story is such an inspiration and one that's so many aspire to. So start by taking us back to (laughs) your life before real estate investing and share with us a little bit about how real estate came to be part of your journey. Sure. Well, I'll start with that as being a young adult. I got told many times that I had to learn to live within my means. I got I got myself in a little bit of debt and I mean like all $2,000, but that time when you're earning $1,200 a month, it's a lot, right? I didn't like to be in that debt, but my family members would say things to me like, Andy, you got to learn to live within your means. And I'm thinking... If I want to learn something, I want to learn how to be rich. I don't want to learn how to be <laughs> You're like, wait a second. I want to just expand my means. Forget yeah. living within it. Just expand it. <laughs> exactly. I didn't know how to do that, but I thought, yeah, if I want to learn something. So you know what? I just started searching and I didn't go to university because I was a single mom and didn't have the money or anything for it. But I started working right out of high school and just kind of work myself up, work myself up always with this idea that I wanted to make lots of money someday. And I finally started making really good money when I became a financial advisor. 
So I sold mutual funds and life insurance for about 15 years before I got into real estate and had really advanced a lot. I was making between 250, 300,000 a year. And I loved what I did. I loved giving financial advice and stuff like that. But in 2007, I was introduced to real estate. Actually, a few of my clients were coming in to see me. They were wanting to take money out of their mutual funds to invest in real estate. I'm going, well, why would you do that? Like, it's an asset class that pays you 3%. I, I had no clue, no clue. And so the one who was very wealthy, and I think he told me at the time he had 50 doors in my home city. And I thought, wow, like this guy's wealthy. I better listen to him. He said I should check it out. So I went to an evening class and then a three-day event put on by Robert Kiyosaki's group. And we signed up for the training after the three-day weekend and never looked back. Two years later, I sold my financial planning practice and went into real estate full-time. A lot of people thought I was absolutely crazy to give up because by that time I was working, our girls were fairly young. They were about three and five when we got into real estate. And so I worked about three days a week with Anna. I still earned that kind of money. A lot of people just thought, oh, why would you want to start all over? But I could just see we had purchased... 50 doors within our first 18 months. And when we set that goal, that was a five and 10 year goal, like five or 10 year goal. We just had no idea. And yeah, so we loved it so much that we went into it full time a couple of years later. First of all, I'm so glad that you said early on, you didn't know what you wanted to do, but you knew you wanted to become rich. And I'm so glad you said that because I feel like there's so many people out there, women in particular, for some reason or other, that are scared to admit that. They're like, oh, you know, I'll live within my means. And they're modest, but I love that you said that. And it reminds me of something from Wallace Waddle's book, The Science of Getting Rich. And he talks about how wanting to be rich is not a bad thing. It's really your soul wanting to express itself in its full capacity. And so I can tell that you're somebody who just, you wanted that full expression for your life. Okay. So then life led you to this seminar with Robert Kiyosaki's group. So now a lot of people though, go to these seminars, they have a great time, they take a lot of notes, and they go home and they go back to their normal life. So tell us a little bit about your experience and how you took what you learned and put that into action. Sure. Well, you know, there's a few things. One is, we started hanging around very quickly with other people who'd already done it. We hired a coach We had to pay extra for that over and above what our original program costs. But we wanted that one-on-one attention because we really did not know what we were doing. We didn't own one rental property. And I knew that education was the key because I'd had to go through the same learning curve when I became a financial advisor. And there was a couple of things. One, with the very first weekend we went to, this one couple that was there kept talking about this other couple from our home city and how well they'd done. And they'd taken this class two years before and they told them, go take the class. It was so good. And so we heard about them, learned about them. And about six months later, we met them because our coach, she was in our city doing our one-on-one training. And she had a dinner for us and her past students just to kind of introduce everybody. There was probably maybe six couples. It was a fairly small group, but we got introduced to that couple. And you know, 
so we started hanging around with them right away. We By that time, we'd bought two condos and we're working on, I think, a house. But they took a lot of our fear away by just helping us believe that if they could do it, we could do it in a short time period. They, I think they had 20 doors or something like that. And then the coach too really opened our eyes to what was possible and took a lot of the fear away too, because we were scared of everything. We were scared of tenants. We were scared of toilets, like just everything. It was like roofs and everything you can imagine, all the horror stories that people tell about real estate. I thought, yeah, that's probably going to happen to us. <laughs> so being around like-minded people was a really big thing for us and opened our eyes to the possibilities. So wise is to, it's all about the people you surround yourself with and the people you have on your team, making sure you have those right connections to show you the path rather than trying to reinvent the wheel and start from scratch and make all those mistakes along the way when you don't need to, right? Yeah. So you had already, at this point, when you started down this path with real estate investing, you had already been a financial advisor. Is that right? Yeah. I was a financial advisor for about 15 years. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm curious because Julie and I talk to financial advisors all the time and they're a mixed bag, right? There's some who understand real estate and they're like, great, add that as part of your portfolio, diversify. And there are some who are like, "Uh uh-uh, don't go down that path. That is like a rough and tumble path. You don't want to go there. Stick with the mutual funds and the things that are safe, right? So sounds like you had some initial hesitation around getting into real estate. Was it the wealthy guy with the 50 doors who sort of got you over that? Or how did you get over that, he that just belief said, in mind? Edmund, you should check it out. And I thought, yeah, you're right. You know, I'm always open to learn from people I would aspire to be like. And I thought, yeah, you know what, I should. And there was some advertisements going around, come check out this evening event. And we went and we were so interested, we immediately signed up for the three-day event and at which then we signed up for the year-long coaching. But you know, you're right. When we went to the very first convention, there was probably 3,000 people in the audience. And I was so excited thinking, oh, I'm going to meet all these real estate investors. And so they would put us at different tables so that we could meet different people. And I still remember this one couple, they were at it for three years. And this was our first convention. I said, oh, how many doors do you own? None. And I went, none? Like, why? <laughs> you know, like you're here, you're learning how to buy real estate. Why are you buying anything? Oh, the market this, the market that. And, you know, that was back in 07. So there was some big correction that happened in the US market shortly after that. So I can kind of see now, but we stayed in Saskatchewan in Canada and the market was actually just the opposite there. We were on a real upward trend and we ended up buying most of our properties in that area. But, you know, when we were actually inducted into Robert Kiyosaki's Hall of Fame for what we had accomplished in our first 18 months. And so we were celebrated on stage with 3,000 people in the audience. And there were a ton that had not done anything, anything at all at that time. And they just kind of treated like that's normal. Like there's lots of people that sign up. They want to go after their dreams. You know, their old paradigms or limiting beliefs just stops them. And they never get, I still remember even there was some news articles going around at the time saying, oh, this doesn't work. This is a scam. This doesn't work. And I would go on those forums and go, yes, it works. We put the glasses. What do you mean it doesn't work? What are you talking about? Like, did you go to the same class I did? Like, you know what I mean? It was just silly. But people don't want to take responsibility for themselves. They think, and and I've had students, the same thing, taking new students on now. 
they think they're going to have it happen by osmosis just by being around the right people, but you still have to take the action and you got to learn it, but you also got to take the action. And that's where a lot of people get stuck in that fear, that limiting belief and that conditioning they have to stay safe doesn't allow them to step out and try something out of the norm. I was actually just going to ask you that question of so kind of around the same lines, but what do you feel like, because you obviously as a coach yourself, you work with a number of other real estate investors, and I'm sure you have ones in the program that have seen a lot of success. And then you have others in the program that are same thing, not buying, not making, moving the needle. What do you feel like is the thing that separates the successful investors from the ones who are not successful, even if they're taking the steps and all of that kind of stuff? What do you feel like is the one sort of characteristic or the one thing that you see that makes a difference? It's mindset. Because if people, first of all, make the decision, like I said years ago, I want to study how to be rich. I don't want to study how to be poor, clip coupons or whatever the hell else other people were doing. I never liked, never, never liked doing that kind of stuff. I like buying nice clothes, nice car, all that kind of stuff. But people limit themselves and they make decisions, fear-based decisions instead of faith based decisions, like that they can actually accomplish that. And really, they just talk themselves out of it. Uh, So one of the things I have people do is affirm over and over again that they can be successful in exactly what they want, because most people make decisions based on what they don't want, as opposed to what they do want. Yeah, I love that. And helping people get to the place of actually believing, right? And you had said earlier that you hung around other people who were doing what you wanted to do and that helped you believe, right? And that's so powerful. It is. Because if I don't know if you're a Tony Robbins fan or not, but Tony Robbins talks about the success cycle and the power of belief and how the power of believing really stems this whole cycle of like what actions you're willing to take or not take. And then the results that you're going to see or not see, right? And I can't remember the last piece of that cycle, but it really starts with this idea of believing. And I think that's the thing that I see too, is that a lot of folks have trouble believing. And I know Annie and I struggled with this too in the early days was believing. And we worked with a coach as well. So anyone out there listening who's like, I'm struggling or I'm not having the success that I want to see Think about working with someone who might be able to help you with your mindset, because we know, Annie, you and I know that this is such a big component as well, that if you're not in the right mindset of belief, then you're just not going to take the necessary actions or the potential risks or whatever it is that you need to take to be able to find the success that you need. So I love that. I love that you brought that up because I think mindset can often get kicked in the corner as like a woo-woo kind of a thing and it doesn't really matter and it doesn't matter what I believe. The facts are here and mindset is so powerful. So I love that you brought that up. I just want to mention one more thing on that side too. That was the part that always worked for me. I was a C student in school and my favorite book I ever read was Robert Kiyosaki's book called Why Do A Students Work for C Students and B Students Work for the Government? And I went, oh yeah, finally somebody celebrating us C students, right? Because <laughs> he was a C student. And until I read that book, you know, I always kind of thought, yeah, I was kind of down in school, never really, you know, excelled at anything. And now I realize that, yeah, I was never meant to shine in school. That that wasn't my strength. That wasn't my, the teacher sit in the corner, be quiet and all that kind of stuff that just was me. Realizing later in life that that was positive trait for entrepreneurial just changed everything for me. It's like, oh yeah, 
yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Allowed to shine in the areas. And the other real big key is not thinking you have to do everything either. I've surrounded myself with people who are really good at all that stuff that I'm not good at. And that's another really big thing to help you move forward. We'll get back to our conversation with Edna in just a minute. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate, but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? Perhaps you're afraid, like we were, that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. We'll identify the growing markets, strong, experienced teams, and the solid deals. We do all the heavy lifting of managing the tenants and the renovations, and as a passive partner, you get to enjoy all the benefits of investing in real estate, monthly cash flow, long-term appreciation, and the ongoing tax benefits. When we first discovered passive investing through real estate syndications, we realized it fit perfectly into our busy lives. We could put our money to work for our families, work less, and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives. We invite you to partner with us by joining the Good Egg Investor Club today so you can start putting your money to work for you and get more time back in your day because we know that when people have more time in their days, they can do the true work they were intended to do and the world will be a better place. To sign up for the Good Egg Investor Club, go to goodegginvestments.com slash invest and we'll take it from there. That's goodegginvestments.com slash invest. And now, back to our chat with Edna Keep. Oh, yeah. I remember hearing on a podcast, I always talk about this years ago, heard on a podcast, find a partner whose strengths offset your weaknesses. I talk about this all the time here on the show. And when I met Annie, I knew that she was the missing puzzle piece for me and vice versa when we met. And it's been a great partnership. But together, when you work with somebody who has the strengths that offset your weaknesses together, you become a powerful team, right? Because it's not a place that you're not strong. So I love that. I have to read that book. I didn't even know. I think maybe I've heard of it once. Once, but I'm not familiar with it. So I'll have to go read that one. Yeah. yeah. It was powerful for me. Maybe not for everybody, but it sure was for me. And I always say, yeah, first time C students are celebrated because they're not celebrated that much. Yeah. De- definitely not through school. You know, that's true. Yep. Absolutely. Now I have a question. When I first got into this world of real estate five years ago, more seriously as a career, I was inundated with all the different options there are within the real estate world to get involved. I mean, from flipping to notes to hard money lending to buying multifamily, big multifamily.
multifamily, small multifamily. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. When you first got introduced to real estate or you knew about real estate as one of your one of your clients was involved in real estate, how did you know what direction? I get this question a lot from a lot of new folks who are trying to get into the real estate field. How did you formulate that idea in your mind that this was the direction you were going to go? And I guess it goes also back to mindset because a lot of people think, oh, apartments, I can never buy apartments. I know I did when I first got into this. It's tough, right? So how did you go about that? Well, you know what? The beginning, we didn't. So our first year, we were kind of no money down or none of your own money down type deals were interested in me. And we knew early on that if we were going to scale in any way, we were going to have to use other people's money. And so we bought a couple of condos and we bought a duplex and then we bought another condo. And, you know, within the first just about 18 months, I guess, maybe just over 12, we bought like around 12 properties, but we didn't have those all in our own name because we already had to get joint venture partners because we couldn't do any more mortgages in our name. But then I'm sitting at a realtor's office telling him, yeah, we want to buy 20 houses this year along with our partners because we couldn't have thought about doing it on our own. And he said, Edna, why don't you just buy an apartment building? And I said, oh, I can't. I don't own enough houses. Like it was just an automatic way of thinking, you know, maybe played <laughs> like monopoly. monopoly. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> and he said, well, how many houses do you think you need to own? And I said, oh, I don't know. Because I think I just thought, well, I have to build up the equity and da, da, da. And he said, well, you're already raising capital or joint venture partnering with houses. Why don't you just do the same thing with an apartment building? So I sat there for a few minutes and I went, Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Tell me more. (laughs) And so he kind of filled me in a bit. He owned some apartment buildings, which was powerful. A lot of realtors don't. He did. And I said, hey, you know what? That makes sense. I said, so what do you got? Do you got anything for me to make an offer? And he said, as a matter of fact, I do. (laughs) 24-unit apartment building. It's going to hit MLS tomorrow. And I said, well, what would it take so that it didn't hit MLS? He said, it'll take full price offer. And that's what was happening in our market. I said, okay. So I wrote up the offer before I left his office that day of being introduced to the idea. So I adopted an idea, which is huge, adopt an idea that, yeah, maybe I could. And, you know, so, yeah, we made the offer, got it accepted, $75,000 a door. And that was what took us from 26 doors to 50 doors overnight. That's amazing. That is so incredible. I'm curious, when I first got into this space too, I was so like leery. (laughs) I'm sure a lot of women I talked to as well, didn't want to make a mistake. And I was in the same boat too. How did you, where did that confidence come from to be like, okay, I trust this guy. I would have looked at that as like, this is I walked right into a sales, a sales panel, right? This guy was like, have you ever thought about buying apartments? I'm like, no, I haven't. Why? What do you have? And obviously he's like, well, glad you asked. I have this right here. <laughs> it came from my sales training as a financial advisor. Cause I still remember one of the first, cause I was an office administrator before I got into that. So I had to learn how to sell. One of the trainers we went to, his name was Tom Hopkins, and he made us memorize and write out many sayings, but similar to this, I never see failure as failure, but only as a learning experience over and over again till it's memorized. Like I'll never forget that one. That was kind of my go-to, but there was like 10 of them that were very similar. And he made us adopt that 
as a new way of thinking. And so that's what allowed me to take all those risks from going to be as a single mom living at home with my child in subsidized daycare. Then I moved into subsidized housing and I didn't want that life. I did not want to stay there. So I took a few different risks. I moved away from my hometown, which my parents didn't want me to do. They said, it was a big, bad, scary world out there. And I went, I don't care. I'm ready. I'm not staying here any longer. And I went and then I got what was considered a decent job. And then I left that job and got a better job. And I was always studying. I was doing like side studies, like secretary and bookkeeper and accounting and an office administrator and just moving up, moving up, moving up incrementally. And then left a good, what people would have considered a good paying job back in, you know, what would it have been? 96, earning like 45,000 a year, full-time, been there eight years, solid, working four days a week. They love me there bonuses, stuff like that, to a straight commission job. And people just thought, oh, that was crazy. But the people around me helped me make those decisions. And hiring a coach and having a manager and stuff like that is so huge. I always say they can see the future you that you can't see yet. And that was a big catalyst for me, like even going full time into financial services, because I was still a single mom at that point. My daughter was older, but my manager said to me, he did a training where we had to do this like sales practice in front of him and we were recorded. And he says to me, he said, you don't have any idea that you're good, do you? And I didn't because I learned all the sales at that point, just doing financial services on the side while I still kept my office administrator job. And he said, Edna, you know, he said, what'd you earn last year at your job? And I said, well, 45,000, 43,000, something like that. He said, how much did you earn doing this part-time? And I said, well, I earned 20,000. He said, you know, you did that on a part-time basis. What could you do if you went full-time? And I went, yeah because I'm probably not going to be lower than what I am. And he said to me, it'd probably take 24000 a year to replace that $40,000 a year job because you got write-offs, you know, pay all the CPP and EI and all that different kinds of stuff. So I said, okay, if you think so, do it. And so I did. And, you know, I've kind of taken those incremental steps, but always kind of built something on the side while I was still holding on to that. I got it to a certain level before I let go because I never had anybody else to depend on that I could just let go of stuff like that. Yeah, I think I love what you said that coaches can help you see the future you that you can't see yet, right? And I know Mm -hmm. for us, Annie and I have been blessed to work with a number of amazing coaches that really helped us with that as well, that encouraged us, that believed in us before we even believed in ourselves and definitely saw that path of greatness that laid before us that Annie and I had no idea was coming. And so I think it's important, you know, because I think... Where the coaching industry is heading, I think it could even become, you know, more popular as a way for children today to learn as they get older. Just had a call with someone earlier today who super educated, right? Really educated. And then said that she took a land course, coaching course, and felt like she learned more in that like $5,000, whatever it was, land coaching course than she did in terms of learning how to build a business than she did in all the professional training and education she had and real life work experience that she had and formal experience that she had years before. So I think it's Tony Robbins and his counterpart. I can't remember his name. Dean Graziosi. Thank you. Dean Graziosi. 
they have that whole program, right? Where this is their new way of teaching and coaching other people is to teach other people how to do what they do, which is like the coaching and educating online. So I think that that's so important. Real quick before we transition, how did you get into the coaching piece? So I know you you did the real estate and I'm just curious because Annie and I fell into being coaches as well. I mean, it's a part of our business that we love and we enjoy inspires us, but how did you fall into that? Well, we're still buying real estate, just so you know. We just uh, made an offer on uh, 330 units in Florida here last week, so we're just waiting to hear back, but still buying. But it kind of came about organically. It wasn't what I planned. I personally had coaches ever since 1999 when I was working as financial advisor. I hired my first coach then because sitting in the room of a bunch of million-dollar producers, this is when I just very first went full-time. And the million dollar producers were scattered among us. Who here has a coach? And they put up their hands and I looked around and all these million dollar coaches got their hands up. I went home and I I got a coach. (laughs) And I've never been without one since because it just made sense to me. And I've always hired a coach who's done what I want to do. Not a cheerleader type coach, but one who's done what I want to do because it short circuits my learning curve. But how, how we fell into it is people just kept asking us how we'd grown so fast. 50 doors in 18 months. How the heck did you do that? And so we would just tell our story. And then I started helping a few people just close to me. And then they started seeing massive success. And then people started asking me to speak at different events. And one of my coaches said, Edna, I think you got a calling here. Mm -hmm. And that's how it started. So he helped me pull a presentation together. I had spoken at an event. I invited, was it nine people over to my house because I still work work at home. And I signed seven of the nine people up to mastermind program, 15,000 a year. My first uh, try and I went, yeah, I kind of like this. (laughs) And it just happened organically from there. Like I started working with a few people and they told a few people and they told a few people and I learned about marketing and all that kind of stuff. And now it's one of my major focuses. I love it. I feel like Everything I ever did in my life has brought me to where I am today. I find it more thrilling and rewarding than buying my own buildings. I love the I love the whole finding the deal and offering on the deal and creating the deal and da da da. And then once I own the deal, it's like I don't care. You know, I don't even care. Like I just have no interest in running the deal. So I've always had to have managers who will run the deal. So I get to be part of that every single day. Like just the last couple of weeks, I had eight calls with students working on live deals. And I love it. I just love going through the whole thing with them, the creativity, the negotiating, the setting the financing up and determining what we're going to do with the building and all that kind of stuff. Nice. And so you help people find, is it like apartments and syndications or just regular smaller properties? As nope. well? All apartment building, we focus on the five units and above because of the financing part of it. Most people who come to me have already maybe bought a few houses. So they already know and love real estate, but they want to scale and they can't scale with houses. They need to move into apartment buildings. So yeah, help them finance, teach them how to use other people's money. My background as a financial advisor really helped me there, understanding what people are looking for when it comes to investing their money. Although I did not bring clients or very, very few clients from my old industry, I always kept saying, I think I sold them too good on mutual funds. They all stayed, (laughs) but built lots of people up and, and investors ourselves. And then, so that's also what I teach people to do. 
Awesome. So fun. Well, anybody out there listening, if you're teeter-tottering on the fence and you've got a couple of rental properties and you're thinking about maybe wanting to get active, Edna's probably a good person to chat with. Oh, nice. Well, exciting. Awesome. Well, let's move on to the last part of our show, the Life and Money Show Spotlight Round, where we're going to ask you a couple of questions around life and money. So the first question is around your life and money. So what is one thing that you're doing right now to live a meaningful and intentional life by design? You know, coaching my students, it's meaningful, very meaningful for me. And people lots of times will say to me, well, why are you doing this? You probably don't have to. You know what? I have to. It's almost like ingrained. I, I have this mantra, learn, grow, share. I have to learn. I have to grow as a person. And then I have to share it. Otherwise, it doesn't feel complete. And so I just feel like I'm doing life's work now by helping people become financially free. And it's a real passion. That's what I love to do. Yeah, it's so fun. We're going into our third year of coaching as well. And I enjoy it so much. It's always takes up a good part of my schedule, but it's something that I enjoy doing, hopping on those calls and watching them see the progress is the fun part and watching them take the advice and run with it and watch it grow. But I love that. Learn, grow, share. certainly is. I love how you package that all together because I think sometimes there's missing pieces in our life and we don't know what it is. And, And it's certently the sharing and the giving back piece of it is important. So I love that. Well, and it's almost like I can't do one without the other. It seems pointless. Like if I don't have somebody to share it with, whether it's my kids or people around me, it just seems like, and whenever I'm learning something new, I'm always thinking how I can share that as part of my coaching program or my trainings or or stuff like that. So I think it's natural for some people, for other people, they want nothing to do with it. But for some, it's just natural. I imagine for you guys too, right? 100%, 100%. 100%, 100%. Super blessed. Got Annie here. Learn, grow, and share with her all day long. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're speaking our language, Edna. <laughs> all right. Well, second question is around others' life and money. So what is one life or money hack that you can share that will make an impact in others' lives right now? I would advise people to buy the board game called Cashflow 101, Robert Kiyosaki's board game. The numbers are a little off, like your income's 900 bucks and different stuff like that. But the board game's amazing. And what it's like when you're in the rat race, you're going to work every day and collecting your paycheck and buying doodads, maybe buying a house, getting 100 bucks a month, different stuff like that. The key to the game is when your recurring income is more than your day-to-day expenses. And that happens, you flip the board, not the scoreboard, but your not the game board, but your scoreboard, and you're out of the rat race. And then playing at a different level. And it's like, oh yeah, land on that one, 5,000 a month, land on that one, 8,000 a month. And that's what I want for people is to hit that, get your bases covered. Because once you're out of the rat race, you can actually have time to think and be around people and brainstorm and think about, what's next. And then that's where everything goes to the next level. And that game's huge. It's so real to life. I think you can play it online as well. But uh, the board game is fun. We actually just finished playing it at Christmas time. The kids brought it out. They're 17 and 19 and really enjoyed it. Again, probably haven't played for about three years, but we used to play it all the time. 
Yeah, I think something that we've been talking about throughout this podcast is about immersion, right? And I know that I definitely immersed myself. I know Annie did as well when we first got into the space, but sometimes it's not always possible to immerse yourself. Not everyone can just go quit their job and immerse themselves into a certain space. And this game certainly allows you to do that and get you to think the way that you need to think, to ask the questions you need to ask to start making the progress you want to have to get the results you want, right? So yeah. Love that. It's such a fun game. We've got it too. We play it all the time. So yeah, love it. Last question is around life and money in the world. So what is one thing that you're doing right now to make the world a better place? Charity of choice is Habitat for Humanity. And I think, do do you guys have that where you're from? I'm not sure what it is. We do. Yes. Okay. Okay. So right when we very first got into real estate, we decided that that was going to be our charity of choice. And we love what they do. We've helped build several houses in our community for people with low incomes. And again, that's close to my heart, get into homes and not have to pay the huge like interest payments and all that kind of stuff and allow them. That's one of the things that I support. That makes such a huge difference in lives of these people who otherwise may not be able to buy a home on their own, but it also gives you the opportunity to get in there, roll up your sleeves and really make this huge contribution that will change the entire trajectory of someone's life. So it does. We got to meet a few of the people who we'd helped over the years and it's very humbling to hear their stories, you know, and what a difference it made for them. I bet. And then you're setting them on this new trajectory where they can then go and learn, grow and share and change their legacy as well in their family's future. So that's Mm -hmm. amazing. Edna, (laughs) I know that our listeners are definitely going to want to follow up, learn more, potentially work with you. So tell them what's the best place that they can go. Well, you know what? I'm all over social media. If they just Google my name, they'll find me. I do uh, YouTube uh, videos and best place. And I got probably most of my information right on my website, ednakeep.com. And I actually have a four-day challenge coming up, which teaches people about what it's like to have the mindset shift to change into multifamily. And that's something that's coming up. Actually, I'm going to be running it probably once a month, but the next one is February 14th. And they can access that on my website as well. Excellent. Well, for all of our listeners, definitely check that out. That's coming right up. So be sure to sign up for that challenge. Edna Keep, real estate investor, coach, and author. Edna, thank you so much for being here with us and sharing your story with our listeners. My absolute pleasure. I love what you guys are doing too, you know, sharing your knowledge and sharing your contacts with people. It's so powerful, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Indeed. Mm -hmm. Together, we're going to change the world, right, Edna? Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much. You're welcome. You've been listening to The Life and Money Show, the number one podcast for people who, like you, are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth, and making an impact in the world. For more resources, check out goodegginvestments.com and be sure to join the Life and Money Show community on Facebook. And if you got value out of this show, please subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations.